We act like this a studio, this really just a trap. What's up, guys? It's uh episode I don't know. But we were a few in. so today we have Jeff Wayne on with us and he is an investment guru. No, he's not. Yeah, it looks like a guru. Let's not oversell this. <laughs> That's cheesy. Uh, no, he's been a friend of mine for years, and uh, he's definitely the person I go to for anything financial and uh, investment-wise, what's good and what's probably dumb, which 97% of what I, uh, no, 99% of what I just say to him is probably dumb, but you know, let's go from there. Jeff, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and kind of give us your background, give an idea to the people. Seven that probably hear this. No, no, I love it. I love it. Well, thanks for having me on this uh, podcast. I'm, I'm extremely pumped up. And, and for those not listening, this is, uh, I think, Cecil's first real professional one. We're, we're looking at actual microphones, <laughs> yes. and this is this fantastic. Is. Yeah, I, uh, I can't believe it's got to this either. Hey, this is good stuff. Let's do it right. If you're going to yeah. do something, do it right. right exactly. Um, so yeah, just a quick about me. Um, you know, I, I've been in some form of investing really for probably the past decade uh, through you know, a Fortune 500 company before the company I'm with today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I currently work for one of the region's larger technology firms, um, and I do a lot of their emerging technology, emerging okay. businesses. So day-to-day for me. Right, right. It's should we be in this business? Right. And a lot of that's numbers, but a lot of that is what we're doing right now. It's, it's, it's having the conversations. It's doing common sense. And right. so... I don't think 99% of what you've said is wrong. Um, in fact, you've got some pretty insightful things about how you look at things. Right. Um, so hopefully today we can just kind of, you know, hit back and forth some yeah. tricks that I've picked up. Yeah. Personally, um, I've started kind of rolling some of those ideas to what I do and, you know, carry certainly equities like anyone else does, but mm-hmm. also started to uh, delve in a little bit of real estate and uh, yeah. approaching that first dozen properties. Oh. And so I'm excited That's about that awesome. as well. And and play, hey, I only do a work if I believe in it enough to do it with myself. Right. And that's, that's the thing. To me, it seems like it's easier to invest other people's money than your own in some respects. I mean, I tell people about investments all the time. It's like, man, it's a really good investment. I'd be scared as shit to invest my own money to it. And then somebody does it and they just make a ton of money. I'm like, God damn, that's that one. It's an interesting thing because it's it's almost that emotion. People say, don't invest emotionally. And so you have, like, I think what most people commonly say is that they're, oh, well, shit, he's just, he's so enamored with it. He's like, I'm going to go for it, I'm going to go for it, go for it. Yeah, it's a terrible investment. Don't do that. But the opposite's true, too. When you're, you know, when I look at something for, you know, the company I work for, I can do it completely dispassionate from it. I can just say, hey. binary. It's binary. I can look at the numbers. I can say, you know, I met this guy, so I was in uh, San Francisco, uh, well, actually I was in Silicon Valley uh, last week, you know, meeting with a company that we've invested seven figures with thus far around business. And frankly, it's not selling the way we would like to. And so this was more of a come to Jesus conversation. Yeah. And we were going to either pull the plug mm-hmm. or move forward. And over dinner, again, just eye to eye, you know, in this particular case, there's four of them, um, having that conversation of saying, no, we really actually misunderstood and we weren't positioning it right. And it came down to something very simple that we probably should have taken care of, you know, 30 days ago, much less that, but we got it down. Right. And so, but in that case, I can go back and went back this Monday mm-hmm. to the board and mm-hmm. said, hey, we right. need to stay. They're like, no, 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 we've already <laughs> lost enough. Let's get, no, right. we need to stay. Right. Then the question is, well, would you do that with your own money? And I'll tell you, my board absolutely asked me that. Yes, I would. And so I think that's the the key here is that as you're going into this journey with your bar, right. at what point can you kind of disassociate yourself and say, look, if I was actually just investing someone else's money, 
And you would say yes at that point. You probably should say yes for yourself today. Right, exactly. I, uh, in situations like that, this is my perspective and this is just my way of thinking. Do you ever, like in that instance with those guys, you know they're the ones working on it and things aren't going the way they are. Do you, do you, I know you don't do social, but do you, do you, Go on their Instagram and look and see what the fuck they've been doing. Have they been working or have they been going to fucking South by Southwest, you know, doing shit like that, spending that money they're getting invested and not putting it in the work. That's the way I would do it. But hey, due diligence is due diligence. Right. Um, so yeah, a hundred percent, I'm gonna go look social. So in this particular case, this is a another Fortune 500 company. Okay. Um, but the question ultimately is, is so I'm I'm doing my creeping from mm-hmm. that perspective. Right. Who are they buying? Who are they looking at? Right. Are they are they cheating on me? Uh, <laughs> just yeah. I, I, as stupid as it sounds, it's exactly yeah. right. right. So there's, I, I think you're hitting on a key point. Any investment you do is due diligence. Everyone does it beforehand. Right. right. But do you do it during too? Right. Hell yeah, you better. If you're not, you're not doing it right. I, I, I 100% agree with you. Yeah. So when we talk about investing in, in you know in any investment situation, somebody has a product or an idea or whatever. There's not like a standard invest in, in this person agreement. It's the way I understood in our conversations is you can do whatever the fuck you want with the with the agreement. Uh, have you? I guess for people out there that really don't know anything about investing, like myself, if they're going to an investor, what do you think? Because there's no way you're going to win. I, I don't think like you're not going to. The investor's always going to have advantage most of the time. I, I actually would disagree with that. Okay. So, so to answer your first question, yes. is there a standard investment? Right. And the answer is no. Right. But that's where the opportunity lies. Um, so it, it is. So in this new you know, new organization, I stood this up net new a year ago. And so a lot oh, of wow. the people... This, this is a whole new thing? This is a whole new thing. We, we didn't look at, in, you know, look at service perspective and investing in new businesses this mm-hmm. way previously so 12 months ago this didn't exist and so a lot of the organization um, I've talked with is that they come well Jeff Jeff what, what's our standard methodology so well, what do you want it to be right. and you know at the beginning it was almost kind of a joke to see what would come back out we got some really interesting things um, so I you know formally trained you know I have my MBA and so right. I could go take you through okay right. we're gonna do an NPV on here right. we're gonna do a value analysis blah 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 all very valid stuff but the reality is the investment itself, so in this case a bar, right. is going to be different for what everybody wants. And so the question ultimately asked before you even get into an investment is what are the values that you're providing and what do you want? Mm-hmm. So let's say in your case, mm-hmm. you're looking for, you want to own that bar because you want to put your stamp on it. Right. Well, that might limit the amount of equity right. you're willing to sell to it. Right. So debt financing might get a lot more interesting to you. So when you're approaching an investor, you approach an investor for a variety of different ways because the investor is also looking for something different. So in a true world, it's not the investor has an advantage. If you're going into a situation that you even have that in the back of your head, run screaming away as right. fast as you right. fucking can. Right. Right. It should be about how is everyone going to win in this? Right. And so if you know that right off the bat, and, and this is where I think the onus does fall upon you though. The only, and I'll talk about what the investor has some responsibilities too. Mm-hmm. But the onus falls upon you is about clearly painting that picture. Right. And don't hide what the value is for you. Right. But also don't hide it for what that investor is. Right. And so in a bar situation, there's a lot of people, uh, you know, they just got their inheritance and they want to go buy. Right. Well, maybe that's your investor. 
And so you can look at these angel investors. And so generally angel investor, it's pre-revenue. They're really bidding on an idea. Right. Whereas you have more, say, formal investor, more mm -hmm. venture capitalists, they're going to look for what's the revenue models. They're going to be a little bit more formal around the numbers. And they're going to want to you approve something. And there's right. certainly differences between, say, a small business and a technology firm. Right. Then you have investors like a bank. Right. Okay? Right. And, so, and you have to look at a bank and as an investor, too. Because when you start talking to those, there's real people behind those numbers. A lot of people, oh, it's the bank. <laughs> but there's real there's real figures behind it. So I would really say it's that there is no one size fits all. So we can kind of talk about, you know, maybe down some of those strains, but it's also about it's really going to determine how you're going to make that happen from right. the value that you're bringing and the value you're trying to create for both you and your investors. Right. So, and that's, that's, Correct with saying truth because that's all I, I definitely have to show what I'm giving them. I get that how we're both gonna win, and it's just the only thing with somebody that got inheritance and giving their money to invest. <laughs> here's the only thing that I would fear in that, and I've got to change my perspective on it. But it's having those big heads come in there and act like you know they're the they're the owner and they're gonna just uh, buying everybody's shots and doing all this other shit, and then every little thing they're gonna want, especially if they don't know anything about the bar business. They're going to be like, well, why don't you do it this way or this way or this way? Which I'll listen, but at the end of the day, it's just wasting my time because unless I'm open-minded, I will listen. But it's just like, fuck, I don't need you coming in here acting like a bro, like we're running a business here, you know? And that's the only thing I hey, fear. Broing out is a lot of fun. It is. It is. Don't get me wrong. On a Saturday night, you want to bro out? That's cool. You're paying your tab, though. <laughs> and that's the thing. And it may be for what you're looking for. It may be a really shitty idea to find those people. And that's why I said run screaming away. Yeah. Because the value you want mm -hmm. is not the value they want. Right. And so sitting up front is like, look, if you want the, again, let's, let's go play a few of these because I think okay. this will be fun to go through it. Um, one of the areas that for the, the bro investor, well, let's, right. let's call him the bro, bro investor. We'll bro investor, I like that's, it. That's, that's so the bro investor is if you don't, you're sitting down. Mm -hmm. Say, guys, what do you want? Well, Chances are what they're going to tell you, they're going to give you some kind of canned answer, right? Mm -hmm. It's, well, I just want to own a bar. Right. I just want to be part of something like that. Right. But you know, and this is where your value comes in, right. you know exactly what they're going to do. Right. Three o'clock in the morning, shots for everybody. Right. Let's go do this. Right, right. The, the only reason bros want to get in is, is two things. For their bros and then for the women that are running them all day. We know that. Like, I'm, That's why any male gets in the, in the bar business is for women. That, that's, or whatever they're into. That's why they do that. That's why anybody gets into it. Sure. But then, you know, anyway, bro investor. So, so the question doing. would be is if they really want to be in, it's, it's, you know, set the expectations up front. Don't hide anything. Right. Just say, look, right now, when you sign up for this, whether it's debt, where your equity, convertible, there's a lot of different vehicles you can get them entrance to it. Right. But make sure they clearly understand you don't walk into a Buffalo Wild Wings. You don't walk into a TGI Fries. You don't walk into any kind of right. a big chain restaurant as an investor to that. Mm -hmm. Start ordering shots. <laughs> it's not going to happen in your spot either. <laughs> and if you set those expectations up front and just, so I will kick you out. I will call it the cops. You don't have a managing interest in this. Right. That's you as, you know, again, as maybe a more mature investor comes to you, they're going to want to know that you might have some of that money in the pot, right. but that you have that control because you understand what's happening. Right. They might love it. These right. guys might do it for nothing right. because they want the the social aspect yeah. of it. They want the, oh, I own a bar. 
hey, take advantage of that, not in a, in a negative way, but take advantage of it. You're giving them an outlet to that, yeah. but setting those expectations up front. Yeah. Okay. That, that's a, uh, yeah, I like that. And then, you know, I always, well, let's say that's a shitty idea. Fuck <laughs> right. like that. I don't want to deal with bros. Right. So the next group is, all right, I want to go make some money. And this is a scenario in which you've got to up your game because anyone who wants to make money, you've got to really talk about what that value. And the first value is when you're presenting to them, you got a minute. Right. And so you've got to paint that picture. So let's say the bro idea is just a shitty idea. Right. There's a ton of headaches you probably don't want to deal with. Right. So let's, let's up our game a little bit. Mm -hmm. Let's go with guys who or gals who want to be in the business. They want to invest in this, but they are ultimately looking for an outcome. So we'll call them value investors. Value investors. Sounds good. Normal investor. Right. <laughs> we can further slander the bro investor. <laughs> it's uh, so in that situation, Number one is give them a vision. Give them something excited about. Paint the picture. It, it is paint the picture. I, one of the things I see, I see poorly a lot is people will come in new technology, new business, and they're they'll talk about the numbers, and I want to know the numbers. I am a numbers nerd, right. all day long. Right. But that's not what I want to hear first. I want to hear first while it's something fundamentally different. Um, you know, maybe a little outside of this topic, we were talking about this uh, new security technology. I had a million security technologies, but the guy did a great job. He's really? like, what if I could tell that it's not you on your phone because you're holding it, this guy's holding it with the left hand and I know you're right-handed. That's pretty damn interesting. What if the mistakes that you normally make on your keyboard, I'm tracking that. That's all tracked right now. Yeah, yeah that's right. scary. We have a different podcast on that one, <laughs> but I know that this guy's making different mistakes. And so that's another key. This probably is not you on that phone. So I lock that phone out. Is that interesting to you? So yeah, it's damn interesting. So he sold me on a novel concept that yeah, his data yeah. analytics look differently. Right. So on your bar, if you're going to say, hey, I'm going to do a sports bar, I'm going to do an Irish bar. Right. I mean, just come with a hell of a presentation because like, if you're hitting me with that, right. okay, it's interesting, but right. aren't there a million of those? Right. So get me emotionally excited because right. all your numbers are going to be different then. Then the very next question is come to value. And I'm going to... I mean, just be frank, I'm going to shit over all your numbers. Oh, yeah. So don't say I'm being conservative. Don't say, you know, oh, you know, best case. Be as ballsy yeah. as you want. Right. Because now we're talking about what's my job. As an investor, those investors should be trying to pull you back a little bit, questioning you, mm -hmm. honing your edge a little bit. Right. That's you know, kind of key piece number two. So, okay, what, what's the return that I'm going to expect? Right. And tell them how they're going to get that return. Right. So in your world... At some point, you're, they're going to want to pay out. You may not be done with the bar business. Right. So do you have an answer to that? <laughs> oh, saying like, if they want to get out. So I invest in you. Right. So as a mature investor, you say, Jeff, my God, I have got this. This is just amazing idea. You're going to walk in here. Mm. beautiful women. You're mm. going to have the best time you ever time. Right. Fuck yeah, sign me up. <laughs> right, right. Okay, I'm interested. All right, then number two is, Double your money in one right. year. All right. Okay. I'm listening. Right. Well, how do I get that money out? Because I know you want to go manage this bar and you want to run this bar. In fact, I, I think we've talked about you want to franchise this bar right. if you can get to it. Right. Yeah. So right. Right. multiple multiple locations. Multiple yeah. locations. Right. So how do I get my money out? I see what you're saying. So it's an exit strategy for your investors. Now, up is that, front. In that situation, you're the one that, that 
processing before when we talked was you pay them a percentage every month towards the the original investment, right? To sure. Pay back and basically like a almost like a loan shark. But then they get percentage equity, whatever. So I, yeah, I don't know the answer to this question. So it's something to think about as you're kind of going through this journey. Is just how are you going to extricate your investors? So if you do debt, mm-hmm. so let's just talk a couple couple of vehicles. And again, I am not by any means certified financial advisor. Right. This is yes, just so everyone knows. Not. This is this is all go get a paid professional, okay? <laughs> right. But these are just ideas, and, and right. creativity comes in the idea. So, what if you just did debt? Well, debt is going to mature at some point. So you can say, look, guys, come invest with me. I'm going to pay you. It's risky. Pay you five points, seven points, ten points, whatever your market determines. And that is going to mature in five years. Okay, well, there's the exit plan. Five years, you have you something. Will be paid off in five you'll be paid off in five years. Then you have what we talked about before was a convertible debt. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately, you want to give these guys equity. But up front, you don't want to deal with the securities. So you don't want to deal with trying to get um, certified investors. You don't want to deal with you know filing all the appropriate paperwork because if you sell someone an equity, they want to make sure this is a mature person. You're not just pulling one over on them. Right. And so in this particular case, you say, like, I'm going to give you debt. It's going to, every year, it's going to go up 5%. At the point, we believe, because you're pre-revenue right now. Right. That the valuation of this bar will be just easy numbers, ten million dollars, right. and so at that point you will have accrued X percent equity right. within that ten million dollars. Right. I still have, to have an exit strategy, right. and so that may be that you have to buy them out at that point, okay. and you will show them pro formas on cash of how you get there. You can look for look at that point. I'm going to sell the bar outright mm-hmm. because I'm going to be bored with the right. concept, right. Exactly. and you know that a bar's concept expires pretty quickly so yes. you may say look two to three years from now you are going to turn this so that you can go do your next venture right. so that might be your extra strategy and that really plays off to the full equity let's just say look you you want to have true partners in this mm-hmm. you know whether they're silent mm-hmm. or they're active and i'm going to sell 40 percent of this i want the majority stake but i'm going to sell 40 percent of you know wherever i'm at and just tell those guys look at the end of three years we are going to sell this bar or i'm going to buy it back and you need to prove to them how you're going to buy that back from them at that point because right. they're going to want they don't want to be in this bar for the next 20 years with right. you right. unless you've got some kind of dividends that they're paying it's just set those expectations and maybe that's what it is this is a value piece bar business that doesn't play too well right um right. but you've got to give them that value and that a way to extract their dollars so they know that they're never trapped basically. that's exactly right because the more liquid you can make your investment mm-hmm. the more attractive it is to an investor so the reason, if, if uh, equity, so everyone's got, most everyone has stocks. Okay? We'll, we'll make any assumptions. Most everyone has stocks. The most attractive thing about a stock is I can buy and sell that literally in microseconds. Right. Right. It's easy. It's liquid. Right. You can go there. Real estate is hard. Right. I can't, it, 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 the best case scenario, I can sell that two weeks and I'm going to take a freaking bath on it because I'm selling it to someone who can pay me in cash and go do it in a right. couple of days. Right. So it's highly illiquid. Mm-hmm. Your bar could be a very illiquid. And so when you have something that I can't extract my dollars, so let's say I put $50,000 into your bar. Right. And you tell me, Jeff, that's gone for five years. Right. That's a different concept that I have because I don't know what's going to happen in five years. What right. happens if interest rates go up to 15%? And I can go put that $50,000 into a bond right. versus whatever I'm making with your, I want, I want that money out. Yeah. So 
give your investors on day one the opportunity to understand what it is. It also, it'll stop fights later on. Yeah. Damn it, Cecil, I want. I want my money out. Like, well, we have a deal. This is, this is the contract. It's five years. This is when you're going to get money back or whatever. However, the situation is, as long as you have it on paper, there's no coming after the money or whatever until you sign the deal. And, and, I'm, and it's, you, you might be saying, well, Jeff, you're, you're kind of straying into the legal stuff. Um, I am and I'm not because the, the key here is an investment is as creative as you want to make it. And so each of your investors, whether you're doing one investor or you have 10 investors or a thousand investors, want different things out of it. And the more you can keep it fair, because so you don't want to have, to have different valuations no. for different investors. But the it's more like you... It's a bunch of different girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's tough. It's tough. Spinning plates. Spinning plates. And that's the same in investing. So if you set up right now, it's like, look, everybody in, no one gets paid out for five years. We're going to do this as a five-year concept. This is a three-year concept. But let's say you need to get out. Here's your oh shit clause. Give them an oh shit clause. Yeah. And it might be that you're buying back that bar at a quarter of the valuation that it otherwise would be. That's your early penalty. Right. But think through that and immediately when that investor comes in. So you've sold me emotionally. Mm -hmm. Like, holy shit, this is going to be the greatest place in the world. I've got great returns. I now have a um, an exit strategy. I know. Let's just let's play three years for now because I think that's probably more realistic three with years, the bar. Yeah, yeah. So three years, I know I can get my money back. And you're promising me double in that three years or triple in that three years, whatever. I'm excited. Right. So the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to say, all right, I'm interested. Show me your business plan and let's start the due diligence. Right. So here's what an, inv an investor is going to be very impressed with you. If you say, not a problem. You open up your briefcase right. and you slide right. across your business plan. And you also slide across your due diligence. Okay. So let's break those into two pieces. Okay. One, your business plan. I love it. I see business plans that come across their 100 pages long. Wow. I mean. <laughs> you think I'm going to take the time? A, that's a, tough, that's a tough swallow to go read through all that. But two is, particularly on an A, you know, for that security one I talked, it's a newer company. Mm -hmm. They can't possibly know their business model in that kind of detail. If I have a company that's been around for 20 years, mm -hmm. their business plan may remote maybe 100 pages. And I'm going to go through at detail to really understand kind of the ins and outs right. of it. Right. But you as a new startup, I mean, if you're 30 pages, you're probably too long. It's marketing. It's your cash flows. Right. Cash flows I'm going to take, pay attention to. Right. It's your vision. It's your kind of your performa about people you're going to hire. What are the upfront costs? Those are simple things that can be done quickly. But don't forget that executive summary up front. So that's the business plan. Right. All right. I just read your business plan. Fuck yeah. <laughs> this is good. Right. Now due diligence. So, so due diligence is just a little bit different. So there is, there's every investor is going to have different things that they care about. But I will tell you right now, 90% of it, it doesn't matter the industry you're in. doesn't matter the, uh, investor you are right. is going to be the same and you can go you know, without going verbatim here you can go look at due diligence angel right. investing due diligence investing due diligence whatever and it's going to give you a list but the key thing here is, is it's going to show maturity because most people in your spot don't do this right. they do not and this is having your contracts ready this is having who you are your background don't make me creep on you right, right. show me who you are right. show me the skeletons in your closet like for example on all of your financials, you may have, let's say you borrowed you know, $50,000 from a buddy of yours. It's not on your financials. Right. Tell me about that. Right. Don't surprise me. Now, you might want to surprise the bank, right. but don't surprise me. Right. 
you know, and so, or you have, um, let's say a former employee um, or a former employer is going to sue you the minute you open this. Right. You know, they're going to come after me because no they surprise. don't want the comp No surprises. And so if you disclose all of this in your due diligence, they're still going to go do more. There's no right. question. Okay. Right. Unless they're just stupid. Right. They're going to do more. Right. But what you've done is you have shown your maturity and you've sped the process up. Right. And so right. it's just a, it's a win-win for everybody. Right. And that's, that's, that's good to know. I had a different form of that same, with what you said with everything in my closet, just being upfront about everything, knowing who I am and my background, not just the good things, the bad things too, like, hey man, this is what I have, my dead income, whatever, whatever. And man, that's pretty much it. Go ahead, I uh, like it. Uh, so, I got the business plan written, did my due diligence, I got both of them for them, sliding across. So now we're getting into, so when we got to that point, now you get to the legal stuff. Right. Don't mess with the legal stuff beforehand. Right. And, in, and that's not universal. I'll tell you right now, you, you'll talk to some other people. A lot of people, let's, let's see some of these contracts up front. The reality on the contract is, is if you've gotten that far into this marriage, people want to do business. Right. And the redlining of the contracts are going to get much easier at that point. Right. Um, because there's trust built. Right. So... A lot of times we'll do, um, in my business, it's called master services agreement. And before we ever negotiate anything, we will negotiate an MSA. And uh, that master so service agreement. Master service agreement. So, so what it's doing is it's just dictating all of, anytime I do business with you in any way, mm -hmm. it's going to have the general guidelines with it. And so we're, we're right in the middle of this just massive negotiation. We spent... 45 days on MSA. You, you won't have to deal with any of that. This is, this is right. a much, much bigger deal in that particular case. We had, team working on this. We, we had a team working on it, and we just were at loggerheads. And uh, <coughs> you, we made a decision. We said, why don't we put this aside? And uh, interesting enough, I was on the bad side of this. And I said, no, because I said, there are some really tough things that we actually need to talk about before we waste any other time. But I was wrong in this particular case. Really? Pushing the illegal aside, and this is why I kind of shifted my opinion to it, it allowed us to get down into what was the business we were going to do with each other. And so now we're having very productive conversations. We're getting excited. Right. Like we're going to go revolutionize this part of the business. Mm -hmm. Well, we still have to come back to that right. legal stuff. And I have no illusions. It's just going to be simple. Right. But I'll tell you right now, we're going to be coming from a much stronger point of trust because everyone's excited about this opportunity that, right. well, your valuation is just a little bit less than I thought. No, I, I want, the, guys, look, really, is this going to be successful or is it not? Because right. if you don't think it's going to be successful, just walk away. Right. Because I need people behind me right. and with me. Yeah, and that's, that's, you always get somebody that's like, oh, yeah, man, I'd love to invest with you, blah, blah, blah. And, all right, man, well, let's meet. And they say, you know, they're drawing along, doing all this shit. And I don't even know if they got the money, you know. And I'm just like, so that's when I started doing my due diligence and digging in and finding out things about them and like, whoa, man, not. Uh, sorry, man. I found somebody else. Or yeah. And and when people talk about, oh, so what's your plan? Well, I've got a business plan, but I need to see what you're talking about. What 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 building you're talking? You got this building. Cool, man. I can't. I'm not gonna just force my idea into that mm -hmm. that space. Like I got to see it, man. I got to feel it. I got to know. Look at it. I got to. Why the fuck would I put a a Irish pub in 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 uh Eagle Mill. No, it's not. Why have a problem? <laughs> it's just dumb. Like you got to see what fits the area, and, and you know, do your your uh, average average household income in the area with the, with the 
median, median, yep. yeah, median income. And I was like, yeah, look at all these things. And then they're just like, no, man, I'm just going to throw a bar in there and just shot some shit. That's that old I was like, let me guess, the chick with big boobs behind the bar. That's that's what else. Hey, low cut shirt. Don't forget that. <laughs> oh, I don't mind tats. I'm kind of uh, I'm into that right now. Yeah. Um, you're hitting it right on the point. This is not, and again, going back to your first thing, it's like the investor does not have an advantage. Right. This should be a mutually peace. And I love the fact of what you're doing is by you having those conversations up front and setting up, you're, you're saving people a lot of time. You say, look, you want to invest in my bar? I'll come talk to you about it. I love it. Mm-hmm. But just to be right up front, it's 25K minimum buy-in. Mm-hmm. And I, I, because you might not want to deal with anybody smaller than that. Sure. Um, you know, I met with a, uh, a company, one of my friends just had a startup and it's very exciting. It's very risky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, you know, he was very upfront. He said two things. He's number one is I have more than enough investors. He said, I'm not telling this to brag to you, but I'm telling this because I want people in here because they want to, and they believe in the vision that I have. Right. Number two is don't plan on making any money. Uh, that's a that that's a tough goal first. But what was interesting about it, and this is why I said no size fits all. By the way, he his his uh, seed funding he filled it out and then some. He was twenty wow. percent over his target seed funding because people believe in him, right. and he was very upfront and that due diligence is look as this is a this is a flyer. Because he wants to build a platform that will change some financial metrics for a lot of companies. Right. Um, I got him in with my company, have a conversation. There wasn't a fit there. He's still pre-revenue, but he has some big name clients to it. But the key element there, and you've got the same thing. Right. You have a wealth of knowledge, mm-hmm. well-spoken. People know who you are. They like you. And you got a strong head on your shoulder. Well, I, I know the one guy. So, <laughs> right. um, but but that those are all assets and value you bring. Right. So. I'm not necessarily advocating that you say, oh, you know, I'm going to lose you money. But don't underestimate the fact that you guys want to do business with me. And that's something I think a lot of people who are looking for investors forget. They're coming in as a subservient. Well, can you give me some money? Uh Uh-uh. This is a hell of an idea that I'd love to have. You don't have to be an asshole about it. I'd love you to be a part of. But I want to be very, very clear. There's some risk here. This is not a concept that has played before right. here in St. Louis, but I think it's going to work, and here's why. Right. And that's, and I don't even worry. Like some people are like, oh, you got to get NDAs and all this other. Like, like why? None of those guys can take what I have. No. And to me, if somebody's like, oh, I want to talk to you about investing in place, but I want to sign an NDA, why do you want to sign an NDA? One, I know you're not going to take my ideas because you're not going to remember them. Because two, you don't work hard enough to. Done and three, it's not, it's not building a fucking rocket, man. <laughs> you know, it's not like you can you can photocopy this technology and sell it to somebody else. Like, no, this is you want to talk about it? We can talk. It's just finding you know finding common ground and yeah. anytime the NBA comes up, it's like shit. I, I mean, like it's it's not a horrible idea, you know. Before we have all the conversation NDA, but you're correct, and it's. <laughs> Again, go talk to a lawyer. Go talk to an attorney. Well, the interesting thing about it, particularly in software, you cannot, you can IP process Mm -hmm. the software in and of itself. You can't necessarily go IP this. And again, go talk to a lawyer. But, you know, I'm sitting down with general counsel because I'm like, I want to do IP this. Just really showing my ignorance in the space. And she's like, well, actually, this is how we would have to look at it. It was fundamentally different. But to your point, you know the energy you put into this. Right. You know all the shit that you've gone through to get here. 
if someone can just go take your idea and go turn it tomorrow, well, guess what? There was 20 guys who already had that idea who can go make that happen. Right. So I, I think you're okay being a little cavalier yeah, with it. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's what's funny is like, you know, people are like, this is, I was having a conversation with a, a person the other day and it wasn't about investing, but it was about the business. And uh, they said a couple of things and then I came back and basically how you're talking to me about finance, like that's how I was talking about the business. And then they're like, how do you know? It's like, you go to marketing school? I'm like, no, no, I, I, uh, I need shit for 12 years in this <laughs> and I started as a Their mouth was dropped because even with the business side of it, they just didn't understand how I knew so much about it. And they're like, "Oh, your degree's in exercise science." I'm like, what the fuck does my degree have to do with going into this conversation with investing? What's going on now? But whatever, you know. I but I've learned. I have learned, and, and it's it's taken a lot losing the ego when I'm talking mm-hmm. about it because nobody's gonna not nobody. I don't know a whole lot in life, but I do know this bar business. I, I, it's just it's my thing. There's got to be something to it. If I have three sisters that are doctors, there's got to be some smarts up here somewhere. You know? <laughs> You're playing the genetics card on this? Yeah, this nice. Genetics nice. <laughs> but it, it's funny that I've let go enough to where I let people, you know, used to go, I was just kind of pretty standoffish about it. But I've let go and I listen now and, it, and it's, it's helped me out a lot. And that's one thing with investing and talking to investors is they're going to, they, since they were able to drink before they were born, so they're going to have all these ideas. And, I, and I'll hear them out. And, that's great. Cool, man. <laughs> hey, I've got like 50 ideas well, for you. Does? I can't wait who for you doesn't? to take them. Yeah, right, exactly. Hey, exactly. In, in, in your head, I mean, you and I come from kind of like the same yeah. philosophical cloth. Yeah. Yeah. The more you shut up and listen, the more you learn. Every time I think, oh, man, I know this, like I get schooled that next day. It's a constant journey to keep learning. I like, I, I noticed you have uh, Tim Ferriss sitting up there. Yeah. He's got his uh, real life MBA out there, mm-hmm. and so I've I've gone through school, and I've got my right. master's in business administration, and it's great. Mm-hmm. It gives you a framework, mm-hmm. but it does not replace for one second no. eating shit. Right, exactly. And it's but the difference of the people are is like you paid attention while you're like, oh, I'm not going to do that shit again. Right, exactly. Oh, <laughs> versus yeah. all right, I'll take a second helping of that. Right, exactly, and, and and that's that's funny, and I never try to talk about stuff I don't know. Like I'll ask people about it who I think might know something about it just like the CBD oil that I texted you about the other mm-hmm. day you know I started looking at that you know I taste a lot and that's what that's what I've learned you know just don't stay in my own lane all the time expand out you know taste and, and learn and, and Tim Ferriss doesn't have that but that dude does <laughs> did you hear about this last, this last thing he did he just went to uh, Burning Man and he, he uh, did basically they had these tent set up for somebody's freaking out on drugs or whatever mm-hmm. they would like take care of him and talk to him and let him know if they're having a bad trip or whatever and he did the midnight to eight shift midnight to eight a.m shift like for seven days or whatever during burning man so he read a book about it like it was insane when he was telling the story the dude does it, it, it's it's just taking everything you know and building like mental assets and physical i, I listened to a maximum security podcast he did and i did not want to listen to it but i listened to it because it put you know these criminals in a much different light for me um, and kind of, you know, broke out some of the barriers that I have around that. So, um, I know we're, we're way off topic. Yeah, there, but right. No, no, no. I'll, 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 I do want to finish two things on kind of that investment. So you signed the deal. So mm-hmm. you got through legal mm-hmm. party. I, and I know that sounds stupid, but 
one of the things that I've learned kind of in the past year is when you get that approval, you get that move forward, um, you know, whether it's, you know, again, something in my own personal life or this, have that celebration, mark that occasion that this is something fundamentally new. Um, when we bought our, our first house, um, and I, I did this particular company with some of my family members, and mm-hmm. I remember, and I still have it, my brother sent me a card. And I was like, well, first off, four boys. So I'm like, all right, what, what the fuck is this? But it was it was a kind of a touching celebration is like, you know, to new things, to that kind of journey. And it, it resonates because we've had shitty times. You have the times when, you know, things are not going well. Money's not coming in. Yeah. Fucking furnace blows up. X, Y, and Z, you know, right. it goes on. And it goes back to those times that this started out with the intentions that we had. And it's that reminder. So that... That initial party, whatever it, you know, whatever it may be, right. as simple as a card or to like literally kind of throw in a party, like you know, right. cracking the champagne, it starts out something even more important, and it's that ongoing relationship with your investors. So a big trap that people fell into. Mm-hmm. So I had to fly out to Silicon Valley last week for this trap is that we lost contact. Yeah. So you need to have a regular and set it up as part of your guys. Look, once you invest, every month you're going to get a financial statement. Every quarter, you're going to get a PL. Mm-hmm. Here's how we're talking. And, and don't let that just be an email. Right. That needs to be a call. If everyone's local, mm-hmm. preferably that is you meeting with your investors face-to-face because it's a journey. And so there's, and this is common out here, but it's an easy way to think about an investment. There's J-curves J and S-curves, but easier is to think about in seasons. Right. When you start off, that moment you start off is like the best time you're going to have for a little bit. Now, if you get lucky and this place is just going absolute apeshit, congratulations. But let's assume it goes like most investments. Mm-hmm. You are pouring money into this thing. Mm-hmm. Shit's going to happen. And so you're in winter. Winter sucks. There's just no way around it. Mm-hmm. But building those relationships with your investors at that point, for those first six months, first year, when the shit hits the fan, mm-hmm. whether it's in that winter period, that early kind of J portion right. of that curve, right. you're going to have their trust. You're right. going to be able to get through it, that they're not calling... I got 50 more ideas for you because you <laughs> exactly. clearly don't know what exactly. the fuck you're obviously, doing. Obviously. And that's, uh, I think it goes back to the upfront, speaking up front, not only in the initial like meeting, but then also as you're growing as a company, like, hey guys, this is what's going on. You know, the fucking road was closed to the interstate, so people couldn't get down here. So this, you know, these last, this last half month has been off just because people can't get to the bar. Yep. You know, and, and, Talking about that, or or in the summertime. Well, yeah, this weekend was down because there was uh, concerts in the park and all this other stuff going on. Like there's festivals and shit. Like, and I think painting that picture and letting them know that that shit's going to happen is exactly where I want to be up front. Like, you can't be looking at the numbers every day and like, oh, we're down fifty bucks and calling you. If we're down 200 bucks, I'm going to call you and be like, hey, man, this is why this day was down. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, maybe it'll get to that point. But it's, 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 it's a relationship, any kind of relationship, being open like, and talking about shit. And I guess with investing, it would be the same thing. Like, daily is too much, though. Yeah, daily, I can, obviously. I, I, I can tell you, but that's the thing. You as the manager, obviously, you want your managers to right. tell yeah. you what's going on daily. Yeah. but. I, I think you're hitting the right thing. Just I, I can't stress it enough. That you, I see this all the time. I see this with my direct employees. I see this with businesses that I'm doing business with is that they get busy and it's mm-hmm. all the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And that report doesn't come out, right. whether it's a monthly or quarterly. And I, right. and with your bar to 
so the vagarities of kind of quarterly business, I think I would say, guys, you're going to get a quarterly report, mm-hmm. barring we're off by like more than 30%. Right. You know, build that in there. But people get busy, and it's the first thing that drops mm-hmm. because you're like, well, shit, if I don't open the doors tomorrow for this event, we're going to lose all this money. Right. But you erode that trust with your investors. And I know it sucks, but you have to find the way to make sure that communication happens when you promised. Right. Which is also to the last point, right. that three years hits, that mid-year, whenever those payouts are, your reputation's on the line. Because hopefully this is not the last business that you're building. Right. Exactly. And so make sure you pay your investors. And if you're not going to pay your investors, mm-hmm. okay, shit happens. You don't, everything was a, a slam dunk. <laughs> a different world right, right. now, right? Definitely. Make sure you're up front. And I... You know, a lot of things that I've seen and, you know, even when things go poorly, there's two poorlies. It's poorly the guy who ducks out the back door. Mm-hmm. This guy who poorly owns up to everything. Mm-hmm. He does everything he can to make it fun. right. That person, I'm going to go, I might lose 50 grand. I might lose 100 grand with them. And after right. my wife done kicking my ass, right. I'm going to come back and invest with them again because right. I trust them. And again, they shut down 40 on you again. <laughs> You know what I mean? Right. Can you fix that? Did you foresee that? Well, if I found out that you did know about it and you were over it, I mean, it's a different issue. But <laughs> right, exactly. So I, I think that's kind of, to me, that's the investment cycle from painting that emotional picture mm-hmm. to closing out and paying them out right. and hitting each of those steps. While it's not, I still don't want you to walk away, oh, this is how you do investments. Right. It is certainly a very generalized way that yeah. if you check those boxes, yeah. you're going to have a successful investment. Right. And, and that's... <sighs> It's, it's just so funny that we're having this conversation and you're seeing the things that I never had to put words to, but it's like, you know, I've learned also in these last couple of years that never blame cast. And if, especially if it's my fucking ship, I put this ship together, I built this fucking ship and it's going down, I'll be right there at the fucking wheel, man. And that's, that's who I am. And that's just, I, I can't imagine any other way, like blaming Blaming the city and blaming these other people, like, man, it was my fault. I should have known, or I should have fucking put it out there early and sent out, made a video on how to get to the bar the best way, you know, something like that. <laughs> like, you know, oh, 47 down. Well, you go this way, this way, this way, whatever, you know, like, that's the type of shit. That's where my brain goes with it. Mm-hmm. And relaying that to them and, and you know, building that trust is, to me, it seems so simple because all I ever had is people trusting me. Try not to let people go. I'm sure let people down. I'm sure. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but, you know, now I've really made, you know, I don't look at the past anymore. I'm, I'm just looking forward and trying to live the day. But still, man, it's still a tough ass to be like, hey, man, I need $250,000. But, but you don't. So, so, so let, let's talk about that. So the psychology of the investment ask. Mm-hmm. And, and the number one thing I'm hearing from you without mm-hmm. going – Right. to psychology here is that you're thinking you're asking somebody for money. Right. You're absolutely not. You are giving someone an opportunity to better their family, to better their life. And once you've kind of committed that, that everyone wins, and this is why the value proposition is so key, right. you're not asking for people for money. And that was... So I'm saying going, so, so I go to a lot of my partners, um, and this is, you know, so let's, let's talk about value, all the different values that you can bring. They're not just necessarily an investor. And we can talk about all the value propositions a bar can bring to the community, to your suppliers, 
to the real estate to everything. But to start with is like, so when I look at an investment, I look at who I'm going to go do business with. Right. And sometimes I am getting paid to deploy another company's X, hardware, software, solution, X, Y, and Z. And I, I introduced a very um, upfront kind of almost like, well, we, we, we don't do that. And it's basically asking these companies to help co-invest with me. Will you spend $100,000 with me to help me hire people to help build this business? They said, well, we can't do that. We're going to go make money off of this. I said, yes, we are. But they are too. And so by recognizing that value up front, and so in this particular case, what I can do is I can dramatically improve company access portfolio because I can get their product out to channels that they never dreamed of, customers that they can't even get a meeting with. And I can execute in such a way that not only does it happen on day one, but three years when that renewal comes up, they want to because it was such a great experience. Well, that's value. So I don't have, I don't even blush to come say, hey, I would like you to co-invest. And I phrase it that way. I want you to co-invest with me because I'm investing too. Don't for a second think that you're not investing. Your money's going to be in there. More importantly, your blood and sweat's going to be in there. And people are out there right now. These companies love that. Oh my God, can I get access to the channels that your company provides? Hell yeah, you can. For you is, you might have, let's just talk about investors first. You have an outlet for them that, for our bro investors, you have an outlet for them right. to realize this dream and, you know, go bed. Anybody they can go bed. <laughs> right. For, a, you know, a value investor, you're giving them an opportunity. They got money sitting there. What are you going to put in the stock market and crash again like 2008 again? Right. You have a recession-proof industry right. that you may actually go up if shit hits the fan again. So you're bringing value to these guys because, I, you know, I've, I've got family members who, like, they're like, just give me a place to go. Where should I put this money? Right. And, and that's a hard thing to say because you don't know what's going to fail. So, you know, same kind of conversation we have right now, I'll have with them too. It's like, well, what are you passionate about? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So you're never asking for anything. True. You are giving someone the opportunity. The minute you make that switch, mm-hmm. your proposals, your mentality of how you go and attack the day, right. it's going to fundamentally shift. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And it's, it's, Mind you, Jeff. I like it. Yeah. Uh, and again, I mean, none of this is, this is, it's, it's obvious stuff, but sometimes it's like just kind of like talking about it out yeah. loud. Yeah. It just puts it in a frame of reference. Right. Like, oh shit. No, Everything no shit. Framing, yeah. I've been learning, I've been reading a lot about framing lately, just framing conversations and how to, you know, when you're talking to people, how to frame the conversation. And it's, that method is blowing my mind, actually. Like, a lot of, like, how I've been framed in the, like, framed in the conversation, like, to get me to do something, and I'm like, fuck, fuck, frame! God damn it, you used what, my, what I wanted to hear to get me to do this, and I'm like, god damn it. It just makes it easy. I mean, we're, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, humans are pretty stupid, but if you can put it in something that they know and they reference, I mean, I use, you know, to explain my business is hard, but if I bring it back down to like, okay, I'm going to be analogous to constructing a house. What do I know as a house? Right. What do I know as plumbing? Right. So if I can, build that metaphor back also like oh okay yeah i understand that so you know, in your space let's i i, I want to explore a little bit about, about value and all the value that you're doing so when you do a, a bar and I, I don't know your industry that well so you're gonna have to kind of help pull me along here but look beyond just i think a lot of people if you just kind of do one dimensional thought it's i'm gonna build a bar people are gonna come drink there and that's my value 
So that's that's on your consumer side. On your investor side, I'm going to build a bar and I'm going to return their money. And that's your world. Mm-hmm. So you have three people, but really your world is bigger than that. So one of the world, and I, I had the, uh, I got to talk to your friend, I forgot what company he worked for, but uh, when I was in the 1860s, and he was talking all about the liquor resale business. I was absolutely fascinated. No idea what those margins were, how that was sold, and et cetera, et cetera. Beard suit. The beard suit, yes. Simon. Simon. So, you know, so it was just like, I'm just like soaking this stuff in of like what he's telling me. And I'm like, holy shit, just yeah. completely different business models. But the, there's a fundamental aspect. And he was um, he was speaking about a specific wine. I won't say it in case it's a trade secret of right, his. Right. But he's like, this is, his margins were greater than on other ones. And then he was talking about specific vendors who are trying to break into the market have more to give. So what if you looked at, again, this may not be viable, right. but what if you looked at, instead of just saying, well, I got to go buy all of this liquor, mm-hmm. can you be a venue for new alcohol companies to come in and to try things? Yeah. And that's like, then how do you get funding for them to maybe fund you the first 90 days? So what do you have to do in this situation? Mm-hmm. So you, everybody, for the most part, has distributors they go through. Um, my buddy Jay, I think you met him before. Uh, he's actually a district manager for one of the companies. And you can get financing, but you can't try to get financing to get all this liquor two weeks before you're going to open the doors. Okay. So he's like, you have to be three months before you're going to open the doors. You start the financing process to get funded. The liquor, let's just say that you want to keep a little bit of extra cash mm-hmm. on, you know, just whatever, you could get, you know, like you said, 90 days, like to pay this, this back uh, bill or whatever. And then with the smaller ones, a lot of times what they'll do is, like him, he'll say, hey man, can you carry this, this beer or whatever, mm-hmm. XYZ beer that my homie brewed in his basement, but I put the top, whatever, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's like, if you buy it, I'll come in and I'll send in a rep or a, marketing person they'll come in and buy all that back so you're not out of any money but you got their product in there and they bought it back but you're still selling it that happens all the time any new product beautiful yeah that's how they do that and then with the smaller guys they give away a lot more uh just trying to get their stuff on the shelves and granted all that stuff's hot right now but it's getting so diluted in the sense that like hey man i can't carry all fucking local because I don't know where all the local, like, there's just so much local now. Sure. It's like, and then, and then the look, it's worse with the smaller guys when you're like, when you don't order from them again, and they're like, oh man, you know, we're local. Uh, your product sucks, man. Sorry. But you can't say that. It's just like, oh, it wasn't doing well. We expected to perform this way. It didn't quite get to where we were expecting it to. But in his mind, he's like, man, I know we're going to like, that round sucks. I'll have to come back to them later. It's a whole, it's a whole game play, and then you get the reps that are trying to get you to buy the stuff from them that they're getting higher markups on, which is business. I understand it, sure. But the problem, what happens is you'll see a lot of smaller bars that have all commercial stuff on their on their, on their liquor behind the bars because that's we, how they're financing everything. Exactly, because we get bonuses for for buying this case, and and you get a five, you buy five cases of it, we give you two free and you know it's just sure it's the name of the game and, and for them it's the best financial decision but they don't think about they think of micro not thinking the macro you can't dilute your vision that's the number one thing 
but I love the fact that you're already thinking through this because when you do that due diligence and say, here's how, because everything is your cost. How do you, when you look at that investment, you don't have to look at it monolithically. Right. So it sounds like you've already gone down this path, which is beautiful to say, I may be able to defer some of my liquor costs. Right. And then this is part of your due diligence pack is that here's the financing agreement that I have ready to sign mm-hmm. once we have the green light. What this is going to do, though, is it's going to make, because those first 90 days are crucial, may not have people in there. So it can defer some of those cash issues that you, cash flow issues you have on. As an investor, I want to see that. Right. Right. So we touched on early on. So another way you can start to segment out this investment is, do you have to buy the house? Do I, or excuse me, do you have to buy the building? Right. So you're a bar owner. And so you see this. So look at like, you know, Fortune 500 companies that uh, we're going to divest because this wasn't part of our core business. Well, the reality is, is they so got divest? they divest. So instead of bringing things together, they're going to kick it out. So you know, for people who are following right now, we'll date this thing as GE is like kicking off all their business. GE was this massive conglomeration right. of it. Right. They're just getting rid of everything they possibly can, so they get back to their core. We see this a lot in my business is that people, particularly in security, they're spending so much time, effort, and money on an area they don't really do that well. And so right. our consultancy. And our day two support, so basically we sell them something, and now we'll bring the guys in to actually go run it. They love it because it doesn't take away from them doing healthcare or banking right. or selling a sandwich. So you might be thinking the same way too. So you're to build the bar, let's say it's a million dollars, but what if half of that cost is really just in the building? So you can get really creative is find an investor who just wants to build a building. Now that may hurt your long-term vision, so there's ways to protect. This right. is where you get interesting. Put an option on it. Right. So instead of buying that building, let someone else buy it, lease it back to you for five years, but for, say, $40,000, you can have a five-year option at a specific right. cost. So again, now you don't have a million dollars to ask for. You have 500000 mm-hmm. Well, 10000 of that was around liquor for those right. first 90 days. Okay, I got that covered. Break the rest of your stuff out like that. So you can get really creative. What are other areas that people may want to be in and how do you get interesting um, to it? And so what I mean by interesting is if you see everything the same way everyone else sees, Mm -hmm. you're not really adding any additional or unique value. So the best you can do is kind of look for average results. But if you can look at something and and go crazy with it, you look at something and say, God's sake, like, let's say a new seat manufacturer is like, we just need to get into St. Louis. For some yeah. reason, they have to get in St. Louis. Great. My bar is going to be the hottest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Let me come here. I'm going to let you put a label. I love it, right. but it's going to save me another $10,000 in right. you know, these seating costs. Whatever those things may be. Or mm-hmm. let's do this as like, hey, we're going to build this bar. And my bar is this whole idea of this eclectic bar. Right. We're actually going to let the neighborhood help build this over time. You know, and that everyone can again assign to it like that. Right. Again, these are probably really shitty ideas, but the the purpose of them is not that they're good, valid ideas. That think about each one of your costs. How do you segment that out and finance that individually? Right. Whether it's an investor holistic, you know, holistically right. or in you know, that specific area. So, and, and it, it's funny that I'm having there. Like, I'm checking to find uh, old basketball courts because you know basketball. Courts Mm-hmm. I love and, and stacking up sections of it to build my bar up. Oh, very cool. Yeah, an old basketball court. If that fits that situation, the sure. fifth place and whatever. You know, if I, if I was able to get a, an older building that already had a bar, you know, and sitting there forever, you know, I'm not 
place in Flint, maybe, to to look like hardwoods, you know, but basketball. And that's something, you know, that's really cool to me. Mm-hmm. You know, or old, old whiskey barrels into a, a floor, you know, I've been looking at that. I've actually been going to bars and uh, uh, buying up some of the old bar swag. Is that right? Kind of, yeah, just to, that way I don't have to worry about putting up all this new shit or buying shit from the walls. Mm-hmm. I've already got it set up. And I've just bought it from the, the sitting in the back of this bar. I've been there for 10 years. You know, just cool old pieces that look great in bars. It's really not that type of shit I'm on top of. You're on top of. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying at least. So then the other aspect too is that when you go out for your various loans, so let's just kind of talk about financing. So, you know, the key opportunities would be your banks will probably lend you anything that you have collateral against. Yeah. So if you can kind of divest that stuff away from your business, mm-hmm. you can, bank's going to probably give you the best rates. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the, I'm going to say the easiest to get. It's not really the easiest. They're going to run you through hell, mm-hmm. but it's the least complicated. You don't have to go through. They're going to do their own due diligence. Mm-hmm. They're going to right. run through the underwriters and stuff like that. But if all your kitchen equipment, all of your back equipment mm-hmm. has, let's say, a 40% residual value, yeah. you should at least be able to get them to loan you 40%. Right. And so you can pull that away from having to ask, but right. really offering what is probably going to be either giving away your equity which right. is you you should always be loath to do because you believe in this idea more than right. anyone else. Right. Um, but also, if you do from a debt structure, there are people are going to want the most, the maximum, because they know... Debt structure is in... Okay, just so yeah. everybody understands it. Debt structure is where they're investing and you're indebted to them and you're paying that back that day. Correct. So debt is they do not own the business. They own a promissory note, basically saying that you're going to promise them back something. Now, the promissory note is generally backed by something concrete. You may have nothing concrete to that. That's okay. Because you're literally selling them on, I'll just say, Cecil Inc. So you are selling Cecil Inc. So that million-dollar proposition, Cecil Inc. is only worth $250,000. Building's worth $500,000. And all of the material inside of it which you found a bank to lend on it. So this million dollars elephant, mm-hmm. you just now chunk down to $250,000. Not bad. Right. Now you have to find some people who are interested in $250,000 to say, well, maybe you only want to sell 10% equity. Right. And the debt portion is, I'm going to go debt the rest of it. So right. one hard thing. Money, hard money, uh, you say hard money. I wouldn't do a hard money. No, I, I would well, and hard money lenders are very—I mean—very good for the right purposes. Right. You're looking for something, you know, hard money lender. And I don't know what the rates are, but you know, a couple of years ago they were a point a month, right. um, with some, you know, opening and closing points. So I can't imagine what they're at now. Quick side story: that I did have a, there's a guy that I see quite often, and uh, he's a hard money lender, and he offered me money to go get some of his money back. I was like, man, I'm not breaking anybody's arm. He was like, no, 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 no. You just just you don't threaten them. You just make them feel really uncomfortable. It's like, no, oh, man, I think I'm okay on that, man. I don't think that's a quite. <laughs> but I'll give you, you know, such such amount of money. I was like, I stopped. Like, Dude, I'm good. <laughs> I was like, I, I, no, I don't need it. I don't need it. I can't. No, no, I'm not doing it. Anyway, those hard money guys. I'm not. I'm not the fucking mom. I'm a big dude, but at the end of the day, I'm a fucking monster. So like, <laughs> so okay, so. Debt, and then you can do an investment where you give up a piece of the pie, which you love to do. And then, uh, but with the, the debtors, you're going to pay points. The, the debtors, you're going to pay something. Right. And, and, and the key on the debtors is you owe it back at some point. Mm-hmm. You will always owe it back at some point. 
because I assume they're going to want a personal guarantee from you. Um, I will, as a cautionary tale, um, so I had another buddy who went to do his own, and uh, now he put most of his own money in there because he didn't want to give away any equity. Right. And what he ended up finding out, and he's he subsequently gone on to do other successful. This is an abysmal failure, this particular one. You learn right. a lot from your failures. Right. Um, but one of the things that he had learned in that is that he was he held on his equity so tightly mm-hmm. that he never really brought in, I would say, the people he needed to bring in, mm-hmm. people who could make connections to him, mm-hmm. people who could be in an advisor role for him, bounce ideas off, make sure he doesn't do something stupid. And in the end of the day, 100% equity of $0 is still $0. <laughs> Correct. So the advantage of equity, though, is someone who believes you're investing. So let's just, again, we keep going out our model. So you've farmed off the real estate mm-hmm. piece of it. you got a nice option. So if this is hugely successful, you can still buy that building from them. Right. So you remain control, but you don't have to deal with it. You have a um, standard SBA loan right. for all of the hardware that right. you need that. There's right. another quarter million dollars. And you'll say you get that for eight points. Right. Um, great. That's right. fantastic. So now you're in that last 250. And let's just say you have no money to give. Right. Which in some ways you probably shouldn't um, because of the amount of effort and, and time you're going there. So, so look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a $30,000 salary out of this. So it's 250. Mm-hmm. It's got to basically fund the business for the first X we're going to stack up on, we're hire people, payroll, right. all that stuff. That's why I need two hundred fifty thousand dollars seed money. Um, you know, in that particular case, is that if you do debt, let's just say you do ten percent, mm-hmm. you know, annualized ten percent. This is easy math, right? right? Like twenty five thousand dollars every year you're going to owe. Right. Now you may say, look, I'm not going to pay this back to you for three years. It's just it's going to accrue. It's going to be more of a bond type of scenario. Right. You know, so the end of the year, you know, end of the period of time. You're going to owe, uh, what is it? I do my math right here, you know, $325,000, $75,000 of interest, $250,000 of principal. Right. That's a lot of money. So now if you split that, let's just, we, we split that. And there is, again, you can go out on the web. There's all these ratios to kind of an optimum piece where interest rates are. Right. Let's say you give up 50% of your business and that goes $125,000. Your carrying costs go down in half too. You're only at 12.5. So at the end of that period, you're really only looking at like 37.5 as opposed to $75,000. Right. It's a meaningful difference against what's happening there. Now, if you're not successful, mm-hmm. guess what? These guys who bet equity with you, they didn't make any money. Right. And that's really the opportunity that they have and they don't have. You know, your debtors, your promissor, you still own that money. Right. Otherwise, you're in default, and right. they can come sue you and everything else of that nature. Now, again, if you commit yeah. crimes on the equity, they're going to come and sue you. Still zero. But 100% <laughs> is zero. Now, if you're wildly successful, let's let's just say your business is worth $10 million now. Well, you're going to go pay back all those people on the initial thing. So that's 125 plus the 37000 So let's just for easy numbers, just say 150000 Well, you made a lot of money. Right. But your investors made a lot of money. That should be a good thing. Because the next time when you go say, okay, guys, this is great. We're going to go, let me go pay you back. Because right. your $5 million more than covers, you know, right. for that right. 100% ownership. But more appropriately, you say, all right, guys, I'm going to open three more of these. Right. And um, give you guys first rights. And this is where I think you should be thinking on. This first one, bring in those investors. Sell 49% of it. Sell whatever you feel comfortable. Because if you're really going to be successful, it may be that, okay, guys, round two, Cecil, redo. <laughs> Cecil number two is going up. Right. Only selling 15%. Right. 
because you know, now this is the interesting thing. You just had a, I know I'm going crazy numbers here. You just had a $10 million winner right, right here. This right. thing is just pouring right. money in. Right. These guys are going to be falling over themselves oh, yeah. <laughs> to go get that. That 15% that you sell, you can put probably any valuation you want it because they know you're a winner. Right. So sometimes in, in the position you're in right now, if you want to go in with zero. You want to, you know, right. hold on to, you know, get in as least risk as you can to go through this. Mm -hmm. There may be a look at the long game too. Not saying it's right for you. Right. But it's something to consider. Right. Macro, man. And that's where a lot of people, especially in the area of it, I see a lot of people focus on micro and everybody look at macro and I think that's where I have an advantage over just a lot of in the area I'm wanting to go into I never really see it coming. And it's just like we talked about earlier. Snowball mm -hmm. starts rolling. Starts rolling. <laughs> so, <clears throat> man, holy shit! Maybe some somebody will hire you someday to do someday, <laughs> someday. <laughs> Turn uh, this around. So, is there anything else you wanted to add to that? I, I man, I wrote down a lot, but I'm just gonna rewatch this episode like ten times. No, this is. I mean, this is. You know, again, I mean, this is your. I'm so excited for you. I mean, yeah. you, you've been busting your ass for years in kind of preparation for this yeah. this is this is about creativity at this point yeah. this is about like getting that vision to everybody else and i, I think you have people crawling all over you to say let's go right. let's go do this right and i it's just it's just like the you were with me when 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 i split ways with the last place i worked at mm -hmm. and I didn't have a plan didn't have anything and Going up to it and then went 18 hours without a doubt. Like, I didn't even, nobody even knew I quit, but then, you know, when, I, when my phone was off, I turned it off and I turned it on the next day. I had seven messages from seven different places wanting to hire me and, you know, it went 18 hours and I was like, fuck, man, like, all that, mind blown. And then now, like, with this, I, I, I know I know what I'm doing. I'm confident in myself. I know my truth. I know that I know how to do this. And it's like, used to have, in my mind, it was always that. Perfect spot, but now it's like pretty sure whatever spot I can make is gonna be perfect, and that's where my mindset is right now. And now that I know these opportunities are there, and like really just talking with you and talking with the people that were talking before it, this road's fucking hard. It's a hard road, it, 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 no matter what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But I've got the background of it now that it doesn't make a bad investment, make it a bad investment. Whereas everybody's like, oh, restaurants are bad investments. You're not invested in the restaurant, like you said. Mm -hmm. You're invested in me. Yep. If you believe in me, you're gonna get this done. And that mentality is what I'm taking now, and I'm just fucking pumped, man. It's like, why am I dragging my feet? I don't know. It's energy. You know, like, it takes a second. It, it does take it's a second. A big fucking jump. It, it is a big jump, but I think that you're, you know, from everything we've talked about, yeah. you're well prepared to understand this is not easy. And I think that's where when people say restaurants are a bad investment. Yeah. It's because of, uh, we started this conversation, the bros. It's yeah. people like, oh, I want to go to a restaurant because yeah. it's so ubiquitous. Mm -hmm. Everyone has a restaurant. Mm -hmm. And so it's easy to think about it. Well, I know how to cook food at home. I can cook food at scale. Right. It's yeah. two different things. But you look around, and you know this industry better than I do here in St. Louis, but you know the guys who are doing Bailey's, you know, yeah. there's a lot of very successful restaurateurs right. here because they know the concept. 
they they treat it as a business from day one. It's not a place to go buy your buddy shots, although a little marketing goes a long way. Um, and they're they're going after it. So I'm, man, I'm I'm bullish. So yeah, I, I'm pumped. Uh, yeah. So I don't even know what to say, man. I'm just like sitting here. Everything's running through my head. I'm I'm fucking pumped. And you know, the one thing that that. I forgot to mention earlier, but I'll bring it up now here at the end of this. Was this opportunity that I have now that I'm getting ready to meet with this guy? With you know, I know in my head that going into it, he could go to one of those people that own those big chains that are mm-hmm. here, and they be falling over head over heels for that spot. And so my biggest hurdle I'm having to get over is explain to him like, yeah, you could go with one of those guys. You could easily go with one of those guys, but that's just going to be another place for them. Like this is an epic building you're building. I want to build something epic for you that is going to be my baby and my first thing that I get involved with. Yeah, I could do with him, but you know, it's with somebody that's passionate about what he's built to build along with you. That's going to be there every day in the dirt and the shit. And I think that's the angle that that I'm at play. Maybe maybe like, nah, I'm going to take a safe investment. Like, All right, yeah, cool, take the safe one. <laughs> and you'll thank him, and, yeah. and he will think about that. On his next investment, about yeah. you know maybe this is not the right one, or maybe it is the right one to him for the take the gamble on the. Right. Think about baseball. Yeah. You know, you, you kind of got into this like, uh, or the Rams right now. Unfortunately, the Rams right now. But look, you know, this, they hired this young kid, and they're freaking rocking it. And everyone's like, that's stupid. This guy's he's never done this before. You're right. putting him in this role. He's younger than me. It, it, it's insane. Yeah. But I think I love that play, right. and you know that play might even get stronger if you come after him and say, look. This is how much I believe in it. You're going to pay me nothing. Right. Uh, clear this with Blair. But I want a little equity in this. This is how much I believe in this. Right. Let me go make us a lot of money. Right. Uh, yeah. And that's the other play that comes to mind too. That'd be hard when you get past her. But... <laughs> <coughs> there, is, there is always keeping a roof over your head. Right. That, exactly. uh, comes like, to the point. Downsize. Go live with your buddies in the one room apartment. And I'm 38. And like, I'll live with my own one room apartment. Sleep on the floor. I have no problem doing that. But at the end of the day, <laughs> but that, you hear a lot of those guys say that that's a negative. You know, being at the age we have, having families like we have. Yes, we, we can't just pick up right. and leave and go do that. But right. the support that our families provide us when we go into this is yeah. just you, you can't devalue <laughs> that no. either. <laughs> that's what, and, and I never devalue a family man or a family person or somebody that doesn't want to work. Uh, X amount of hours because you know they're happy. Cool, man, be happy. That's not me. Mm-hmm. That makes you happy. Cool, man. I- I'm happy for you. I'm glad you can do that. I'm glad you work 40 hours a week. You you know you go home, you watch your shows, you go play softball, you go whatever. That's cool. That, I just can't. I'm just always looking for like not necessarily what's next, but it's like everything. Everything it used to be was always like, oh, let's try this. this, this. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just kind of like broke it in because I'm learning how to rope it in and like pointing my Death Star that is me like at this thing to like just go in there and fuck this thing up and just show everybody and, and it's not that I have to prove anything to them but at the end of the day I'll never tell the people that doubted me I'll never say shit to them but I know they know I know they know hey, that I put it there a chip on your shoulder is not oh, a bad oh, thing because oh. it's gonna qu- quitting is a learned behavior yeah. so if you Fuck them. I will show them. Yeah. Fine. Fine. Cool, man. Try. Yeah. 
And then it's so funny how you still had to get pissed off about it, but now it's whatever. I don't even but like, I'd suggest something to do, and then wouldn't do it, wouldn't do it, wouldn't do it, and then all of a sudden they do it. Oh yeah, I've had this idea forever, blah blah blah, and then you see it just fucking killing it. And and a lot of people, that's too much for their ego, and they're gonna let everybody know that was my fucking idea. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just like, cool man, that's a great job. Mm-hmm. I knew because I know the truth. At the end of the day, all that matters is my truth, not theirs. And an idea is that's all it is. <laughs> idea in a quarter still not going to get you a cup of coffee. <laughs> right. I mean, it, honestly, the, the hard part is the work. It is. It is. Everybody has great ideas. Everybody wants to tell, everybody wants to tell their story. Everybody wants to give you their ideas. Cool, man. What are you doing? And that's, finally, that's the mentality I take. Like, what am I, what am I doing? Hey, I need capital. I want to try to do this on my own. What do I have that I can provide to people that they were willing to pay for? That's my knowledge. I've got this knowledge. It may not be the, the best thing knowledge have in the bar business, but I've got it, so might as well share it. And that's what this podcast is why this started up. And I was like, well I gotta put a little something to it. Like what what's the what's the drive behind it? What are you doing it for? And it's you know, the journey. Right, but what a great idea. You're giving back simultaneously as you're progressing yourself and God knows who that puts you in contact with. Yeah. Who, you know, right. jointly you guys kinda of both realize the dream. So right. I love it. Yeah. See. Thank you, man. No, this Thank was awesome. Man. Yeah, definitely. All right, guys, uh, I will be back next week with another round. And uh, thanks again to Jeff and dropping knowledge that way beyond what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a great one. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? <laughs>